0: Welcome to the Smart Thinking Podcast. This is my dad, Ted.
1: Welcome to the Smart Thinking Podcast. I'm your host, Ted Nightsky. I'm going to say a word and I want you to reflect upon the first thing you think of when you hear me say it. I want you to do some smart thinking about that word, and then we're going to spend the next few minutes learning from some of the greatest quotes from a guy that, when I was a kid, he bored me to death. And now, as an adult, I find him a philosopher of sorts. Okay, the word. Ready? What is the first thing that you think of when I say failure? Now, in my experience, the first thing others think of when they hear failure is something that happened to them in the past that they're really not proud of, especially if it's something that they failed publicly with. But the second thing that happens when people think about the failures in their lives is really weird. They blame. We begin to weirdly justify the lack of success as the fault of another person or outside events beyond our control. We rarely take ourselves out of the equation and see the inability to get where we wanted to go, frankly, as an opportunity. Yeah, an opportunity. Our language when we coach, support, lead, or love others is important and we need to think about how we model and the art we are producing around us. Too often we set forth after failing to achieve our objectives by having a long discussion about who, how, or what caused the inability for us to find our success. Instead, we need to remember two things. We are leaders and we are defined by our influence on others. We frame things in ways that make it acceptable for others. And how we frame failure determines the future success for those people. Leadership is seizing the opportunities in front of us and thinking through how to capitalize on the situations in an effort to get others to be the best versions of themselves. The second piece to remember is that we are Buffalo leaders who see the storm coming and we charge into it, always, always in an effort to find ourselves proactively taking on what is coming and more importantly, to get through it. When failure occurs, we need to stop and see the opportunities that are in front of us. We often want to sit down and have an organized pity party and find reasons to cast blame at others instead of owning, owning our current situation and then charging into it. When failure occurs, we have two choices. We can be a cow and cast blame, perseverate, hold a grudge, fix our mindsets on ourselves, being a victim, and then sink into the concrete that we've made ourselves trapping us. Or, or we can see the OFI, O-F-I. O is for opportunity. What opportunity for improvement, I, does this offer? What opportunity for iteration, I, does it provide? And what opportunity for innovation does our current situation provide for this? I think the first time I ever learned this was when I was pretending to be sick in middle school (laughs) so I could stay home for a day and watch TV. I think I admitted that for the very first time just now. I often do morning reflections before I start my day and my run, and I seek them from a variety of places, spiritual, poetry, and sometimes I just write out a question for reflection the night before and think about it while I'm out running the next day. And this past week, I wrote out a question, and it was, why are you obnoxiously optimistic? It was something someone else had asked me, and I thought, I'm going to put some time into thinking about it. Now, I was born caffeinated with a ton of energy, and since I was in my mid-twenties, I've become very vocally optimistic, and I think it started when I became a teacher for the first time and came across all these young men and women who didn't see any hope, and I really honed that skill as a soccer coach. Now, last week, I was thinking about my mindset, and about two miles into my run, I couldn't stop thinking about a television personality that I first watched when I was in middle school. Now, when I was a kid in the 1970s and 80s, most homes had one television. You also, until the mid 80s and cable, had maybe five channels on your TV. And if your youngest brother or sister held tinfoil on the antennas, maybe you could get a sixth station. So when you watched TV or you wanted to watch TV and no one was around, you've still had so few options. Now, sometimes when I was younger, I would get overwhelmed at school or just frankly not be in the mood to go, and I'd get this magical stomach ache and I would put on a great show for my mom. I'm certain now that I am a parent that my mom knew what I was doing, but didn't want to fight about it. And she certainly probably didn't want to start her day out with an argument with her kids, so she'd just let me stay home. Then she'd get my brothers off to school, she herself would go off to college, and my dad would go to work. As a result, I'd have the entire house to myself. My mom was smart, because the first thing I would want to do is play my Atari, but my controllers would always magically disappear on those sick days, and I'd spend the most part of the morning looking for them, only to learn years later from my mom that she took them with her every time she left the house. The genius of a mother of three sons. Inevitably, I would end up watching TV. And I marvel today at the ability to watch whatever you want, whenever you want, wherever you want, on whatever you want, for as long as you want. Because that was not the case when I was a kid. Because my choices as a kid were so few. I would watch a guy named Bob Barker on The Price is Right and learn the current rate for a Maytag washer and dryer, as well as the cost of a can of beefaroni. And after that was over, the networks would all switch to daytime dramas known as soap operas because they were originally designed to be romantic dramas during the day and were sponsored by a variety of different soap companies. Anyway, I would have two other options, some sort of a Western show on one of the local stations that wasn't an affiliate, or I could flip on Channel 10 in Milwaukee, PBS. Before Sesame Street and the Electric Company, which by this time in my life I was way too cool to watch, there was this weird painter guy, Bob Ross, who it appeared to be constantly painting the exact same thing. But he wasn't. But he was an instructor, a teacher, a philosopher, and he had an incredibly calming voice. You can learn all about him and his background as an Air Force drill sergeant on your own because I want to share my reflection with you of what I thought about when I was out running. Because when I was a kid, I would watch him a few times a year on my fake sick days, my real sick days, like when I had the fifth disease and I was quarantined for a week by the county in my own home with bumps on my arms and I had to stay in my room without my little brother roommate or whenever the stomach flu hit. I usually watched to see what he was creating. I almost always saw his mountainscapes or long and large landscapes, oceanscapes, all types of scapes. As I was running the other day, however, I remember Bob Ross always gently laughing if he made a mistake. I began thinking to myself, I wonder how much of that seated in me as I grew up, and that is what I want to reflect upon with you. Failure is not just okay, it's expected, and it's normal, and it's something we should be constantly doing and celebrating, and we should teach each other how to move forward after failing. When I finished my run, I came home, and as I often do, I grabbed a piece of paper and a pen, and I opened my laptop, and I began to write. As leaders who lead with optimism, perseverance, and tenacity, like the buffalo, I want you to think about all of these ideas and seek the chances that failure actually provides for you. Now, the most famous Bob Ross quote comes from when he would be painting, and he'd rush, and he'd stroke too far with his brush, and he'd say, "Oh." Well, that's okay. We don't make mistakes. We just have happy accidents. What a mindset, right? I want you to think about this quote in the context of the information that flows in and out of our lives, the ways in which people you serve behave, and then figure out a way to address it with a language of optimism, grace, and forgiveness. Most people I know, when they fail, want to talk about it to death. They want to blame. They want to continually ask others, Hey, you think this is a big deal? I think this is a big deal. Can you believe what happened to me? Can you believe all the people around me? Now, imagine for a moment as a leader, as if you, you were in charge. If you were to always speak with Bob Ross quotes and stems. Now, you'd sound like a lunatic, but you'd be a leader I would follow. Someone fails at something and they come to you in their most vulnerable state, or most defensive state and you immediately clear the air with a excuse me <clears throat> let's let's uh <clears throat> let's let, let's talk about this this sounds tough so let's see the opportunities in this problem and look at the accidents that happened along the way and fix it moving forward there's an opportunity here to improve or innovate or iterate and we should seize it stop worrying about what happened and let's figure out why and 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 let's take that opportunity to improve improve for ourselves and others think about it Bob Ross would simply swipe incorrectly with his brush and not like the way something occurred, and then he would just very easily turn the mistake into an opportunity, and then a bush that went wrong would become a pine tree, and a hill would become a mountain, and an accidental stroke in the sky would become a bird. His it's-okay-to-make-mistakes mindset allowed him to continually move forward. Imagine being the leader who simply fires responses from Bob Ross to those they serve. Things like, Ever make mistakes in life? Let's make them birds. Yeah, they're birds now. The next Bob Ross quote for reflection is this. Look around. Look at what we have. Beauty is everywhere, and you only have to look to see it. Now, I hear this one one way. We're in our leadership, and too often we have people all around us that are stuck. It's our job to reframe what is going on. I mean, what is going well. I was in a meeting a few weeks ago to observe. Someone asked me to just sit back and watch the dynamics of their team and and support them. And this leader was someone who was trying to figure out what was going on in her organization. I watched as her own leadership team perseverated and looked like they were actually physically buzzing with frustration. They looked so helpless, and I felt like I was trapped in a field of cows that was about to be sucked up into the sky by a hurricane. I wasn't supposed to speak, just take notes. But if you know me, well, candor is likely to be on my headstone or in my obituary and after a solid 35 minutes of listening to whose fault everything was hearing about the lack of nearly everything and wondering how on earth this mindset was going to give them the energy to leave the room I stopped and asked can I can I pose a question they kind of looked at me the leader nodded her head so I asked in the midst of blame and complaining hey what is going well I had to duck with the rapid darting eyes that came my way. They didn't want to talk about what was going well. They wanted to focus on all the things going wrong and whose fault it was. However, as I rose back up after avoiding all the darts, I saw a colleague in the room of junior ranking stiffen her spine and say, Well, we have zero downtime today, and things are going good in supplies, and in the back, marketing's doing a nice job, and we also have this and that. And then another colleague, who got courage from her, started to chime in with other positives and perspectives. You see, sometimes there are scratches in the record and the song gets stuck in the same old repeating groove and someone needs to eventually come along and bump the record so that the album can play on. However, too many times we enjoy sitting there listening to that old crabby loop. Bob, Bob Ross would say stop and look at the beauty all around us which leads to my next quote that I likely heard when I had the fifth disease and was home from school. I think there's an artist hidden at the bottom of every single one of us, was something Bob Ross would say. This quote is perfect for us when we're trying to seek solutions. I realize that he said it in the context of painting, but I think we should use it in the context of there is a creative solution staring us in the face and one of us has it within us. Too often, we fear speaking up and we have to create the conditions so that people are, as author Craig Weber says, in the sweet spot, the sweet spot of collaborating. And that's when people are candid and curious. Curiosity often takes courage and we need to have prompts within our culture to get ourselves thinking about solutions. If there is an artist within us, it is in the context that we likely have solutions and creative approaches just hidden inside of us, and we need an inspiration to spark it, a process to share it, and then other people to own it, and own it with us. Now, that's what leaders do. They provide people the opportunity to grow and learn as well as lead. That's what influence is, and that's what we, we want to do. Support others to be their best, the best versions of themselves. Now, the last quote for reflection I believe I heard as a kid and now as an adult, it rings true and supports one of the principles of continuous improvement. And that is this. It's hard to see things when you are too close. Take a step back and look. When I was in college in the 80s and 90s, just about every girl's dorm room had a Claude Monet poster in it. Lily pads were everywhere. And the rooms all smelled of suave apple shampoo. But when I was in art history class in college and I got to see a Claude Monet impressionist painting up close and personal at the Art Institute of Chicago, it literally changed my life. You see, there's this gigantic painting there when you walk up the stairs, and that you could stand next to or far away from. And when you would stand afar, it looked beautiful. And our professor told us to walk forward and get as close as we could without touching it. And once we stood there, right up front, an inch away from it, it was literally just dots and blobs of paint, impossible to discern up close. But each time you step back, the painting became clearer and clearer and more beautiful. When we have problems, we need to think like Bob Ross. Sometimes we're so close to it that we don't even see the issue. We're looking at dots and blobs and we're trapped in a narrative of our own making about how we're never going to get out of this. This is never going to work and this is everybody else's fault. Instead, we need to step back and lead others to do the same. Just step back. People who fall victim to their own negative mindsets and narratives sometimes need people to pull them back and look at it for what it is. A moment that allows us to move forward and see the opportunities that are presented. When you have to present information in the future to other people, like test scores and analytics and results, put the quote up there. Step back and start off with a slide that says, it's hard to see things when you are too close. Take a step back and take a look. Okay, now, this week I'm going to help you by creating a tool in the TH3. We're going to include a set of cards that you can print off and put on the tables at your meeting. The process is simple. Someone starts mooing about everything going wrong in their lives, and you are there, and you're present. So you go to the deck and read aloud. Didn't you know you had that much power? You can move mountains. You can do anything. That's a Bob Ross quote. Followed by you saying to the team, Hey, listen, you know what that means? It means we are in control of our engagement and happiness. So let's move into this storm and move on. Imagine the freedom you are creating for others to be like Bob Ross. Simple quips that can quickly change the context of the conversation, rattle the fixed mindsets in the room, and allow for the conditions to improve. But most importantly, for you and all around you to be better, to be better buffaloes. So let's do some smart thinking. Describe how you can employ Bob Ross quotes to support others. List opportunities for improvement, Innovation or iteration that Bob could help you tackle with his easily translated mindset. And describe the people within your life that could use a little boost. That's it. That's the Smart Thinking Podcast. Hey, as always, thank you for listening. And please make sure to download the tool this week. Share the podcast and please rate it. And make sure that you get it to others to help them be buffaloes so they can charge into the storms that they're facing with a process. Also, And as always, please make sure to follow the Well Pennies on whatever music platform you have and look up their great music on the Golden Bears Record website. Now, as you charge into your week, please take some time to reflect and ask yourself difficult questions and provide yourself time to address it. I was out running and thought about all of this while trying to find more energy to support other people. Leadership is not about you or me. It's about us and them those in our lives who need to be fueled so that they can utilize all the art around us. Art in the context of creativity, ideas, and resources. I believe that within every one of us is the solution to everything we're facing. Someone, someone around us just needs to rattle it out of us, make it safe to speak up, create conditions so that accidents are trees, that misplaced lines become birds, and that we can constantly celebrate the opportunities around us for innovation, improvement, and iteration all of which ultimately lead to the success of those that we serve. Now, this week's song is by my favorites, The Wellpennies. It's the full version of our theme song. The song is actually called World Shaker. And when I picked it to be the theme song of the podcast, I I picked it because of the line, Won't you take my hand and shake the world with me?
0: It seems... These days, blue's covered up in a cloud and a blanket of grease And I know it's fine, but I feel a lot better with you in a bottle of wine Every color's fading, everyone is waiting on There's a song arising, just you wait and see, won't you take my hand and shake the world with me, shake the world with me. It's heart in me it feels like a feather but hurts like the sting of a bee And I know it's fine Cause I can bring the rattle and you can bring that shine Every color's fading Everyone is waiting on Oh, well, There's a song rising. just you wait and see. Won't you take There's a song arising, just you wait and see Won't you take my hand and shake the world with me There's a song arising, just you wait and see Won't you take my hand and shake the world with me, shake the world with me, shake the world with me.